Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 557. And we've got ourselves a bonus episode on a Friday. We haven't done a Friday bonus episode in ages, right? Okay, here's the story on this. So the year, but in 2022, as well as a Films of the Year podcast, we did a TV Shows of the Year podcast. Now, in 2023, I had so many guests in December and in, in the new year. We, we had a Emerald Fennell, we had Loki, Josh Weller, William Oldroyd, Rosie Marcel, Thomas Turgoose, and then we kicked the year off with Joel Edgerton, Samuel T. Herring from Future Islands, Andrew Haig. It's just been hectic. So we didn't have time to do TV shows of the year, and we decided we weren't going to. But then as soon as I told John and Joel of the Dream Factory podcast, who came on to help me with TV shows of the year, that we weren't doing it this year, all I could think about was my TV shows of the year. So here we are, two months into 2024, to do the TV shows of the year 2023. I'm joined once again by Joel Grove and John Harris of the Dream Factory podcast. And uh, we kind of went over our, our TV shows of the year and it was an absolute joy. I, I reckon there's going to be some that you missed or overlooked. There's going to be some that you agree with and love. And there's going to be some that you want to shout towards me and towards the Dream Factory lads. A Dream Factory, if you don't know, is one of the best podcasts out there. It's out every week. It's amazing. They describe what the podcast is in the episode. So let's get into it. In fact, I went on Dream Factory just a few weeks ago. We recorded it all in one night, but it came out a couple of weeks back. So yeah, let's get into it. Episode, I mean, we shouldn't wait any longer. I've made you wait several months into the new year before covering last year. So let's just go. This is episode 557 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with John and Joel of the Dream Factory podcast discussing our TV shows of the year 2023. Right, I'm here today with John Harris and Joel Grove of the Dream Factory podcast. How are you both? Woo! Wow, yeah, yeah, okay. I can, I can be a woo as well. I'm feeling pretty I like good. like it. Good, yeah. how, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to, to have you both back. And listeners will be aware that this is a very late TV shows of the year 2023. But because I had this backlog of of Joel Edgerton and 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 Samuel T. Herring and all these, I thought, I'm not going to be able to fit in a TV shows of the year. And then as soon as I committed to not doing a TV shows of the year, all I could think of was TV <laughs> shows of the year. And again, you guys, I, I often feel I have a commitment to John to do TV shows of the year because I think there's a lot of n- nerdy Marvel stuff that we both enjoy and you don't, Joel. So it's to give him an outlet for... for for some of this stuff, but yeah, how have you how have you both been? Good, thank you. Yeah, I would say I I definitely had a had had a real appetite for for nerdy stuff, and John has got a staying power with those series that is re- like remarkable. Like if John if John turned his hand to an endurance sport, he would be like the world's greatest ultra marathoner. <laughs> there is no series that Disney can put out that he won't watch start to finish. It is absolutely incredible. You know, like if he'd committed to learning another language or playing the piano he would be he'd be one of the greats it's really <clears throat> impressive i 
I watched all of those first few series, you know, yeah. WandaVision, all... I'm still kind of, I'm still pretty into The Mandalorian, but yeah, John, John doesn't care what it is. If it's got that Disney, Disney watermark in the top left-hand corner, he's, uh, <laughs> he's watching it. That Marvel fanfare. How, how picky are you on, on the star, star, is it stars? Is that what the, what's the kind of more adult stuff on Disney? What's it called? Yeah, stars. Yeah, stars, I think. Star, yeah, yeah. It's stars, isn't it? Uh, are you as avid on that, John? I've watched some some stars content, but I, I can't say I've watched it all. Because there's a ser- there's a stars series I watched that I don't know if I enjoyed it or not. I've put it on my list because I got to oh, the end cool. of it, and I'm not sure if it was just a, a John type resilience of I've started it, it's got good <laughs> people in, or if I was really into it. But it's made the list b- b- because of that. But yeah, I think I I might have the same show, but I'm worried that if it's not that show, and you're like, no, I thought that was genuinely brilliant from start to end, regardless. So now I'm scared to say it. It might be the, the same show. Well, should we start with that? As we're going this to be going so back exciting. and forth on shows. John, what yeah. are you thinking? Is it Murder at the End of the World? It is. It is. <laughs> and it was good. a weird one because I recommended it to people and then I continued watching it. It was one of them where I was like, am I just watching this to complete it? Because it's kind of a murder mystery. So they're the ultimate, oh, I have to get to the end. because For sure. It's, it's that. But I think I really enjoyed it. And I think everyone in it is fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, it was an odd one. After it was finished, I didn't think about it an awful lot, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think week week to week, and there was definitely like a bit between like episode three and four where I was like, this is just excellent. And mm. and I don't think it's not excellent. And it's not even that the reveal of the murder is like incredibly unsatisfying. I think it's a pretty satisfying ending. But I think you're mm. right. It's just, I think in this conversation... I think that it's fair to say that some of this stuff might be so obvious that we don't even actually talk about it that much, but there is some of the best telly that's happened in in decades yeah. in the last year. 100%. I think there's three shows in a row, I think, that had an episode that everyone was like, that's going to be the episode of the year. And then another show came out and there was another, no, that's going to be the... Do you know what I mean? It felt like you almost forgot these amazing episodes but, but because of all the other ones, but yeah. For sure. I think I think the thing with Murder at the End of the World, though, as well, was I was a huge fan of the OA. So I mm. went into Murder at the End of the World with a lot of trust in the people making it because I thought OA was so, at the time, or for its time, it felt so clever and so groundbreaking. And it was the first show that I saw that would have a 20-minute episode and then a 70-minute episode. And just there's a, f- a famous episode in it where the, cr- the opening titles only come in like 30 minutes into the episode so there's 30 minutes that, that were all pre-credits a kind of thing or pre-titles so I think because of being such a fan of that I went in maybe with more faith to murder at the end of the world than I might have and I'm again I'm glad I pushed through but I wonder if it wasn't made by th- that team would I have bailed at some point can you can you give me a little two-liner on what the show is I've not I've not seen it I'm not really aware of it well a super genius billionaire has a party for a load of what he thinks are the the world's greatest thinkers whether they be artists scientists you know whatever else and at that dinner party someone dies and you're then like oh who who did this why did they do this why yeah it's a good hook yeah and and again this is a great show and i really don't like we're going to talk about brilliant shows and i don't want it to be all (laughs) negative there is a character in the first episode whose job it is is just to have to like act like he's naturally explaining who every other person on the trip is. And I felt so yeah. bad for that. That actor's performance is basically like, wait a second, you're the guy who wrote that book about this thing. And I was just, <laughs> it must be so hard to do, to be the the exposition guy in that situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it literally is the, 
They should have got exposition into his his name somewhere. <laughs> Manuel Exposito would be would be perfect. But yeah, um, well, J- Joel, would you like to pick a show? I don't want to make that your pick, John, because I've kind of forced your hand there. So we can thank you. I'll let, we'll go Joel and then to you, and then I'll throw one in, and we'll we'll go around like that. But yeah. So there's definitely going to be quite a lot of crossover here, right? So mm-hmm. I think probably the big two for me, I will get to. I'm going to going to swerve those for now and go for one that I... It might not be on your guys' list, but it may well be. I think probably still my favourite show of the last few years and maybe my favourite show of last year is I Think You Should Leave with Tim mm-hmm. Robinson, the sketch show on yeah. Netflix. It's into three series now. And like there, I just think there's been no let-up in the quality of sketches and sort of the originality of, of sketches in in that show i think it hits a part of my brain whichever bit of my brain receives humor it hits it so perfectly like it is it feels so perfectly attuned to my sense of humor in the same way that i felt when i first watched limmy's sketch show and shows like that it just it does something for me i think it's absolutely brilliant it has varying lengths in terms of episodes sometimes there's kind of quick fire sketches sometimes like there'll be an eight minute sketch in a 14 minute episode of that show yeah it's yeah. so brilliant that w- the sketches just get given the room that they need to have and i guess the most famous one from series three and maybe the best sketch in the show is uh they're on a dating show oh no so you've, you've got a different favorite sketch which for the smoky crooner yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 my but there's also the the dating reality show yeah and the setup is it's like um, The Bachelor or something. And this woman's about to pick someone to leave the dating show. She's got sort of several potential suitors and Tim Robinson's one of them. And she says, look, the problem with you, Tim, is that you're just obsessed with this zip line. So they all live in this big house and there's a swimming pool and there's a zip line that goes down into the pool. And then it just you just see all this footage of him just on the zip line over and over again. And he's clearly just there for the zip line. And it's, oh, that's a hilarious bit, right? It's such a good sketch. And I watched it again today. And what's so funny about that sketch is that they're quite far into the show. Like, it, this isn't... He's not the first person to be eliminated from yeah. this dating show. Yeah. Like, he's clearly been there for weeks and weeks and weeks riding this zip line, and it's now he's getting voted off. It's just... It's so good. And yeah, the, the, the smoking crooner as well is it's, so funny. It's the first show in as long as I can remember that me and my mates all got together to watch it when this oh, new amazing. series dropped. Because it is one that you can just binge them all in one night, really, because they're, they're mm. quite short episodes. So... Because we'd all watched, because I swear series one and two appeared on Netflix together, or at least it, I just maybe hadn't heard of it. I'd maybe mm-hmm. heard of it on series two. So I'd watched all of them multiple times, and everyone had, had watched them kind of in their own time. And this was the first one that was like, right, the yeah, new yeah. series are out. Let's it. just let's just binge them all. And it's just, yeah, it's so funny. He's just masterful. Have you watched? He's on another show on Netflix. Can't remember the name of it. It's called something like. The ca- it's just called Characters, I think. And it's a different comedian each episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it preceded this. And it's it's him. It's a, it's essentially a, 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 a warm-up for I Think You Should Leave. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic as well. There's that show. He did that show Detroiters as well, which is one of those. Mm. It's, it's really hard to get in the UK. I've seen, I've seen, I've watched a, a few bits and pieces from Detroit. He's just, yeah, like I say, there's just something about his style that... My main recommend is under the it's really hard to get in the UK, which is really awkward because I'm very much pro supporting the arts, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. But we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah, I love those... those, those is this when we again. cut to the ad for NordVPN? Or does that... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. John, would you like to add anything to that or or, or go into your first choice i mean i basically co-sign that i think it's absolutely brilliant it's the the length of the episodes as well it means that you can 
I know that we, it's not a competition, but it is nice to be able to sort of tick a show off your list in an evening. And that mm. is well within yeah. that. Right. I'm going to start with a technicality because we recorded the 2022 episode in November. Mm-hmm. And in December, I Hate Susie 2 came out. Yes. Which, uh, oh yeah. which is uh, written by Lucy Preble and Billy Piper. And there was only three episodes and it was released over that Christmas period, which I think was potentially to the detriment of it in in terms of its coverage and stuff because it yeah, came out at a time it came out as sort of this limbo period where people aren't really covering telling telling the same way and you know last year's awards it wasn't really sort of praised as much as it should have but it's absolutely brilliant it is it's sort of a study in anxiety it's three of the sort of most anxiety inducing sort of tense pieces of tv i've ever seen for those who haven't seen it, it's maybe not semi-autobiographical, but there's definitely elements from Billy Piper's actual life that made its way into this show. It is about a, in inverted commas, sort of washed up former celebrity who in the first one, she has a sex tape scandal. And in the second one, uh, she second series, which is only three episodes, she's trying to sort of get her life back together. And she goes on to a sort of Dancing with the Stars, Strictly Come Dancing style TV show competition. Amazing performance from Blake Harrison as as an ex footballer on this this dancing show. So good. It really it really is. I, it's one of those ones where you you know I think the guys who played the in betweeners you know are probably happy to have been the cast of an iconic iconic television show. So that's probably more than enough. But I do feel like I feel a bit sorry for him in a way because I think he will he's known as the sort of idiot comedy guy when actually he's mm. he's clearly a, a brilliant actor just or generally. Blake. Blake won an award on the stage last year as well. And just speaking of the stage, I went to see Lucy Preble's The Effect. So the the writer of of I Hate Susie, and she writes on Succession, which will likely come up. Um, (laughs) She had a play called The Effect with Taylor Russell and Papa S.A. Adu, and it's the best stage show I've ever seen. They've just... They've just announced that they're going to be doing it in New York next year, but it's, it's astounding. And again, I think Lucy Preble is one of these names that we're going to be hearing more and more from. And I completely agree. I think I Hate Susie, Series 1 and Series 2, were massively overlooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Really good show. I think, yeah, Lucy Preble is going to be one of those names where it's like just an instant watch if she's involved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, as as we've said, there's going to be a lot of crossover and we've got a a lot on our lists. But there's one I want to go for just because we've talked about Overlooked and... Top Boy wrapped up in Mm -hmm. 2023. And I think it is criminal that Kano has never really been up for BAFTAs and awards, Jasmine Jobson as well. I think those two in particular, their performances in Top Boy throughout season after season are absolutely astounding. And you don't want to jump to the racism thing, but Mm. I don't know why that show isn't getting doesn't get more attention and more praise because the way it's directed is amazing. The writing tends to be amazing. And so much of the acting is just absolutely astounding. Yet you never hear it mentioned in awards circles. And I wonder if it's because it is made for a younger audience. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, even if we're not going to go on on the racism card, but it's certainly made for a younger audience and maybe gets overlooked by the type of people who are, are putting up these awards things. And yeah, Kano is absolutely phenomenal. Think, He's yeah. such a brilliant actor. And I, I wonder if, is there like a snobbery around? I don't know. It, it, like you're talking about the people that run award shows and he is 
is, uh, to my mind, like, is he first and foremost a rapper? And does that hold him back maybe in being acknowledged as being like a genuinely weird, brilliant actor? I find it fascinating because he's so good. He's so good in Top Boy. Like, I'm genuinely... excited to see what's ahead for him because I yeah. said all he was in for, for so long is Top Boy. Yet I said he doesn't. You have rappers who act and they play a gangster really well. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. the nuances of Sully's character and the journey he's gone on throughout that series, that isn't just a rapper acting. That's just... No. Yeah, he's an amazing actor and I think it's really bad that, as I said, he's never... I wonder if it's because he's not... Because he's not in that world, he's not got someone who's putting him forward for stuff yeah. and pushing yeah, his yeah. name out there and all that kind of thing because the reality is he's more, yeah, in another world. But yeah, yeah. I think it's mad how overlooked it is because I think it's a You're really right. good ha- show. People haven't really talked about it this year. Uh, do, do, has, did the move to Netflix, do you think that was that helped or hindered it at all? Or It certainly helped, like, n- nationwide size kind of thing. Like, it's mm. so it's such a respected show. 90% of the time, you'll see American rappers or singers or whatever else doing b- b- British accents. They will be referencing food and they will be referencing yeah, 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 everything yeah. they've learned from Top Boy. Mm. So, yeah. I think it... It definitely spread things out there, but yeah, it's an odd one. It's hard to yeah, it's hard to know why it gets overlooked because it's so British as well. It's like BAFTAs in particular. It should be up for everything because it's so homegrown, internationally huge. But yeah, not a peep. Completely agree. Let's hope he gets acknowledged more for future stuff. Yeah, as he is. Yeah, he's seriously talented. Sort of annoying, annoyingly talented, really. If we're going to be honest, (laughs) that's, that's what we're that's what we're not. That's what we're not saying. I had him on the podcast and afterwards he was asking me like advice on how to to get acting gigs to to get stuff done. I'm like, you're so much, <laughs> you should be so much further ahead than me. You've been yeah. doing this longer and you're better. To, to be blunt, you're better than me. Like, how are you asking me for advice on, on on getting things across the line and all that? So yeah, insanely, insanely talented lad. Joel, what would you like to to bring up next? What should I bring up next? Should I, should I do one of the big ones? Should I... Go Take on. a bullet and do one of the do one of the really <laughs> big ones. Um, okay, match of the day. No, I um, <laughs> let's do. What should we do? Should we do the Last of Us? Yeah. I mean, I mean, joking aside, it was in 2023 that we had the match of the day during the 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 Linical walkout. Yes, we and did. there was a match yeah. of the day with no commentary. Yeah, no, that was. so we can genuinely talk about match of the day in the that TV was, shows of the year because that, that was madness to see yeah. people. Yeah. That support of Lineker. That. Absolutely. I, I I loved that. I thought it was so interesting. Yeah, yeah the, the walkout. Yeah, that was brilliant. I mean, I don't know. Which one are you going for? Yeah, let's do the last of us. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Amazing. It's It almost feels like damning it with faint praise a little bit to say it's the best ever video game adaptation because I think it was so far beyond that. And I think the audience was so much more than an audience that were, you know, familiar with it as a video game. Yeah, brilliant. I, I, what I think is a real testament to that show is it would have been a phenomenal series with Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey as the series arc. But also within that series, there is the episode with Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett that is one of the greatest episodes of TV ever. Which is the lowest rated episode on IMDb because of homophobes. <sighs> so because it's public vote, it's the lowest rated. Like on, on Rotten Tomato and things like that, on the, the actual cr- critics vote, it's the highest... Yeah, it's one of the, the the highest rated episodes of TV ever, but because of idiots in America. Wow. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, what it, an episode. That episode is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I didn't, yeah, completely unexpected. I had played the game and that's a, a, a kind of a, they use quite a lot of license as quite a departure from the way it's told in the game, which mm-hmm. was 
the way to do it, 100%. And yeah, I just, like, I, I absolutely adored the episode. It was completely devastating and completely amazing. And like I say, just within this series, like just completely complemented the series, but it, stand, it could, just stands alone as like its own... Its own little story. True masterpiece, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's what they really nailed was st- stepping away from the game, but at the same time paying absolute respect mm. to the game. Like the buzz I got a few times when they'd do something that was is playable tactics, if you know what yeah, I mean. Like, yeah, like yeah, in the yeah. museum bit, the first time they're in the museum where they just kind of move and turn around, it's like, yep. that's how you play the... That's the tactics to yeah. win the game, and you yeah. you put it in there. There's so much in there. There's that... even bits where they like move bookcases in the way that you would move. Yeah. You have to move a yeah. bookcase in that video game to get through a window or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so it, much respect so paid to it, but then also knowing w- w- when to go down th- this road more, explore yeah. more than the game did, and excitement over series two because that the, and I've added added a Caitlin. D- Dever, mm-hmm. who I think is one of the best actors yeah. around at the moment. Yeah. One of my favourite podcast guests because it gave me, I think, I think I messaged John after I recorded it saying, this has got one of my favourite ever distraction pieces moments because she's ch- chatting away and she's like, and at that point we were living in LA because my dad was the voice of Barney and we, we, we'd we <laughs> move over here. And then she talked for about four minutes and I had to just nod and then say, Right, excuse me, can we go back to your dad was the <laughs> yeah. voice of Barney, please? And she was like, oh shit, yeah. So it's so normal to her. But, it, but to get to rewind back to that was amazing. But yeah, I'm excited for all of it, right? It's And just what a show. Just to please, it. yeah, the rareness. So it, we've said the, the best computer game adaptation, but just one of the best adaptations when yeah. it comes to pleasing the hardcore fans mm-hmm. and not alienating the completely new audience. Like, that's so rare in comic book stuff. Either you appeal to the masses and piss off all the comic book fans or the other way around. I can't think of many things that have have appealed to... Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess, is the only (laughs) thing that comes to mind as a... It really pleased the nerds and people who'd never heard of it were happy. But yeah, what a show. These two examples aren't from the video game, but I know that it comes from the DNA of the video game. It's incredible world building. And I when I was thinking back on it, it's the two prologues to the first two episodes. They're not relevant to the the show. Well, they are relevant to the show because it's world building, but they're not relevant to those episodes at all. But they're so brilliant and chilling. So the first one is like a 1970s sort of talk show. and they John Hanna's there, right? Yeah, John Hanna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Is sort of planting the seeds. They're just discussing the idea of like, oh, you know, how a virus could sort of spread like fungus. Um, And it's done in a really chilling way. And the second episode starts with... Are basically an infected being discovered in Jakarta and a professor and her reaction mm-hmm. to that infected being discovered is so chilling and so brilliant and it just drags you straight into that universe at the beginning of those two episodes and it's so such clever storytelling I think I think it's also again I've I've talked about this a lot on the podcast in the past but I also think it's a really motivational story for writers and stuff because the creator of of this TV show Craig Mays in his last show was Chernobyl. So you'd be like, yep, makes sense. Amazing. Prior to that, The Hangover 2 and (laughs) 3. And it's just mind-blowing. It shows that, again, that persistence and that being good at your craft and and finding your voice. It's just, yeah, it's the coolest shit. It's so good. Yeah. And and a little podcast exclusive here, but a couple of of days ago, Craig Mazin messaged me to say he'd just played Bella Ramsey by music and she's loving it. So I was like, 
Bella Ramsey is aware of who I am. I'll 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 take oh, that. That's so cool. Absolute madness. John, what would you like to go for next? Uh, let's do another one of the obvious ones. So uh Succession wrapped up in 2023. Oh. It's one of those ones where so the Emmys happened at time of recording relatively recently. I mean still relatively recently at time of um release. Yeah. And the succession is so good that it all—it sort of almost took the air out of the room uh, mm. to the point where there's almost like you feel like there were some snubs just because, well, obviously succession was going to win everything. Yeah. Um, so the performances, as, as has been through the whole show, the performances are absolutely incredible. And much like this episode three of The Last of Us, I think it's episode four in this case of the series of succession, which is called Connor's Wedding. Connor's Wedding. Directed by former guest on Destruction yeah, Mark Pieces, Mylord. Mark Mylord. And it's it's in, so well directed. I've heard interviews with him since explaining how they did it and they they sort of did it like a play and it really feels like that. There's so many sort of long takes and cameras following people in and out of rooms. Most shows, understandably, will denote a tragedy in a very obvious way. Oh, you know... This part, you know, they, they build up that tension intentionally, but this is much more sort of human and realistic, and it it sort of just happens, and then it's chaos in mm. in such a brilliant and beautiful way, and it's such an amazing depiction of just sort of how people react to this sort of news, and you know, and it might not seem like normal. It might some people act really weirdly, and some people act like exactly how you'd expect them, but it's just brilliant and it's also really funny and it's really i think they wrapped it up amazingly it's just it's been you know for the last however many years it's, it's just been the the sort of go-to television that i'm so excited me and joel will message each other every week just being like have you seen it yet it's, it's that sort of telly it was so good that there was a lot of i've read a few articles in america that were worried about hbo because in the same month Succession ended and Barry ended. And Barry's another show mm. that didn't really get that big over here, but it's astounding. And they both absolutely nailed nailed the landing, which is so rare. They both had f- mm. final seasons and final episodes that were just perfect. And a lot of people were kind of saying, what is HBO going to do now? Like, what's, what's going to be... Like, these have been long-running s- series. It's not like kind of just a... Yeah. A, 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 a mini series or whatever else, and they were both, yeah, absolutely sound. How how confusing is it when a long running series ends and everyone's kind of happy about how it? But like, it's so rare these <laughs> yes, days. We're so, so, you're there's, so right. there's such an urge to hate on how it ended because you've invested all this time into it. And as said, I'm I'm not going to bang on too much about Barry, but both of those Barry and Succession were both ones that everyone was like, eh? yeah, yeah. That's, Fucking great, isn't it? <laughs> they, they really got that right. And I didn't, I, I, I didn't really know how the succession was going to continue after. Uh, what's the what's, what's sort of the policy here with spoilers? Because John was being very, very, very tactful, beautifully tactful. Um, I mean, it's, it's the biggest show of recent years. It's, <laughs> you, you, let's let's. I mean, there's going to be a spoiler coming up, right, Joel? <laughs> Yeah, there's a spoiler coming up. I mean, I'm pretty sure a UK one of the newspapers in the UK ran a front page obituary for <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah Logan yeah, Roy. So yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how much of a spoiler we're breaking here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I actually after episode four, Connor's wedding when he dies, it took me a long time to finish the series. <laughs> like mm. I, I didn't come back the next week and the week after and the week and as John is saying, we would message each other every week. John was actually. It got to the point of nagging me, being like, why haven't you watched the next episode? Why haven't you watched the episode? Yeah. Mm. I found that episode 
It was so brilliant. I found it so completely devastating and mm. such an unbelievably accurate depiction of sort of the madness and the quiet and the insanity around um, when you lose someone, when you get that, you know, when that phone call happens. And I just thought, I honestly just thought, oh, I don't know how they, I don't even know how they end. I don't know how the series ends here. I don't know how we pick it up in the next episode. And mm. I, I was, I was away from it for a little while because I thought it was almost like the show had ended for me then. I thought mm. it was so yeah. perfect. And this like totemic character within the show had passed. And then obviously you finish the series and you realize that like, actually it's a brilliant narrative device because we need all of the attention on the kids and the show is called Succession, right? And we need to resolve or well, get reach some sort of conclusion with the Succession plan and it, it plays perfectly. But yeah, I, I found that that episode might be, that single episode might be like the most affecting telly that I've ever watched, I think. Yeah. As someone who write scripts and have scripts in development at the moment, it made me embarrassed as a writer because, as you say, him dying when he died makes so much sense, but I didn't see it. Everyone yeah. just assumed that's how the, the that's show how ends. That's how the show ends, exactly. That's how the show yeah, ends. Yeah. And then him dying midway through the last season yeah. is like, as soon as it happened, it's like, well, obviously. Yeah. But it was such a shock. It's like, yeah. that's why they're such fucking good writers. Is, so good. It is the right thing and it's obvious. It, it just on, feels like on. one of those, it's those shows where like, everyone is firing on all cylinders at all times. Like the direction, the script writing, every single member of cast, even the sort of the day players, everyone is just giving career best performances. And Nicholas Bratel on the soundtrack as well. I just think everyone is, it's it's one of those shows where just everyone is playing together and just at the top of their game. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, I'm going to throw one in and I'm going to keep with HBO. And this is one I'm recommending specifically to Joel because... Um, you, you're about to get on a plane. And the only okay. reason I know about this is my, my brother had a flight to and from um, Malaysia. And on the way out there, there weren't any any films he fancied. And, and you, you know they'll often have a few episodes of a series, particularly yeah, HBO yeah. stuff. And they had a documentary series called 100 Foot Wave. And I never heard of it. He raved about it. I still didn't get around to watching it for ages because it's about big wave surfing. And I was like, mm. that doesn't really interest me. He finally got us watching it. Me and my brother go around my dad's every Thursday night and, and watch some TV and, and cook some food. So we like a series. And me, yeah. When my brother was away, it was Ted Lasso. Me and my dad got through a, a Ted Lasso. But it became a 100-foot wave and it became the hardest thing in the world to hold off until Thursdays <laughs> to watch. And we ended up doing two episodes each week. It's about big wave surfing and a guy called Garrett who basically invented it. And it's mad because this documentary series, it's, I don't know if it's ever happened, but this documentary series was f- started f- f- following G- Garrett and the sport, basically at the invention of the sport. Oh, wow. So big wave surfing is where you tow out on a jet ski instead of just paddle out and mm. you go out to where the really big waves are and the jet ski, you're being pulled along, it will drop you on a wave, you let go and the jet wow. ski goes off and you ride these big waves. And it's astounding... Because, I mean, the characters just all happen to be just absolutely amazing and the most watchable <laughs> people in the world. But you're also watching a sport evolve and technology yeah, yeah, evolve. Yeah. So, so it starts off with, obviously, cameras on the shore all the time and zoomed in as much as they can and getting these shots. And then at some point along the way, drone cameras start to appear and you're getting these, and, and, and GoPros and all sorts of other stuff. So you get to watch this sport evolve with these particular characters. And there's this one lad called Cotty, who's a plumber from Bath. 
I think he's from Bath or Bristol, and he went over, because it's all based around this place in Portugal that someone who'd lived there their whole life just took a picture of this particular shore and sent it to this guy, Garrett, and said, I think we might have the biggest waves, but it's not a surfing area, it's not a surfing beach. By the end of the first series, it's one of the most travelled to surfing beaches in the world. Like, people come over for all these competitions, people come to watch. And then, yeah, in series two, it kind of grows and, and grows and grows. So you're kind of, in a way, you're watching the evolution of a sport, in another way, you're watching, like, surely one of the most powerful photos taken in recent times. Because this guy just took a photo and sent it to this one guy. And it's <laughs> yeah. changed the economy of a whole area. Because it's now, as I said, they have these huge events on. It's this big big location now. It's called Nazare in uh, in Portugal. And yeah, it's just absolutely astounding. The, the, the visuals are amazing because you're watching man play with nature. I was going to yeah. say battle nature, but it's playing with nature. It's just being a silly goose on something that could kill you with great ease. But you're also getting all these characters and, yeah, everything else. So, yeah, I can't I can't recommend 100 Foot Wave enough. And Series 2 was out this year and Series 3 is on its way. I'll definitely, definitely watch that. I think those, the kind of the beauty about documentaries um, around extreme sports is that I think quite often you have to be a certain type of character mm. To engage, like to take to participate in extreme sports, right? And that lends itself so beautifully to documentaries yeah. because you do have mm. this incredible cast all the time. You know, if you think about the just the people that are in like Free Solo and there's that yeah. amazing skateboard documentary, is it all this mayhem? I think it's called. Yeah. It's really fantastic. Like, you're just always following really interesting characters because they are doing things that are, I guess, outside the norm or, you know, interesting. Or I haven't actually watched it yet, but I keep getting recommended. Is it Deepest Breath on Netflix as well, which is about the um, free diving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kind of the beautiful thing here with these characters, though, is something I've not really seen in any sports mm. before. Is it really feels like they're not like they all love each other and they're oh, not competitive yeah. and things like that. Like because obviously, when a big wave comes, if, if you're a team, one of you's driving and one of you gets to right. get yeah, the yeah, wave. Yeah. So even there, you'd think there'd be a bit of jealousy, kind of if this person breaks the world record for the wave, and mm. you're like. I was out that day as well. If 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 I'd been on the other end, I could have got that wave. But there's none of that. And then even between the different teams, there's people who are all there on the same day and one person breaks the world record. And they're basically, obviously, all aiming to get the 100-foot wave because no one's ever ridden a... Or there's no recorded riding of yeah, a 100-foot yeah. wave. But yeah, everyone in it is like, you should have seen what Justine did that day. It was absolutely oh, amazing. It's like... That and there's no there's no jealousy. It's yeah, it's a beautiful thing. But yeah, oh, yeah. Joel, definitely watch. What would you like to throw forward? Um, what would I like to throw forward? I let's go for Silo, which was on Apple TV. I think it was pretty overlooked. It's like a massive budget sci-fi show on Apple, and it's about Rebecca Ferguson's character, who is I, she works in the police force of a giant silo. There's just a giant um, underground silo that exists. And well, she's an no, engineer initially, isn't and she's she? She's an engineer. You're completely right. She's an engineer and she gets promoted into the into the police force. And there is um, this giant underground silo. Nobody's left the silo for generations and generations. And they're all told that outside the earth has been... Well, you're, you're not really sure, but it's unlivable conditions. Like there's been a, mm. some sort of apocalyptic event. And so you're being kept safe in this silo. And there is, like you say, she's an engineer. So she's worked... There's a hierarchy throughout the silo. So... 
as you'd expect, the people at the top of society live towards the top of the silo. And as you get down towards the bottom, your engineers, the kind of, there's like a working, it's like a class system, stratified yeah. system throughout the silo. I loved it. I thought it was really excellent. Um, the cast is great. I'm only really saying it here so that more people watch it, so that more of it keeps getting made. Um, <laughs> it looks amazing as well. It looks it? Like it was a proper well big budget so Apple good. type yeah. 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 show. Common's amazing in it. Yeah. Love yeah, Common in there. It's like the in, in, secret police enforcer. He's so good. And ended on a brilliant sort of end of season one cliffhanger that will be absolutely... I, I, I'm not actually sure if season two is confirmed. I think it might be. Mm. But it, 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 it feels like it would be one of those that would go down in the ages of like cancelled show series one ending kind of yeah. situations, you know. But yeah, I, I, I really loved it. I don't know how much more there is to say about it really, but it, it has almost like a cyber steampunky, cyberpunky kind of feel to the design of the silo. Yeah, just really good sci-fi show. I love those concepts that, again, it's what I thought was amazing about Snowpiercer is the simplicity of, Mm. oh, here's society. Here's society in one shrunk down thing. And what I liked about Silo, and I've not finished it, I stopped and forgot about it. So it's a weird one. I'm kind of halfway through. I got previews of it because Rebecca was going to be coming on the podcast and then that didn't happen and... As these things happen sometimes, you get distracted by a million yeah, yeah. other shows. I never came back to it, but I need to come back to it. But what I like about it is it's years on, so it's not this pristine, be- yes. be- yeah, beautiful exactly. thing. Yeah. Essentially, what is their world is starting to break down, is starting yeah. to rust, and you have to decide is, do we stay trying to live in here? Do we explore yeah. outside? And yeah. And there's this, there's one sort of viewing platform to the outside world. Yeah. And, I, and the, the whole arc of the series is you trying to figure out if that's legit. Yeah. If that window yeah. looks out on an apocalyptic world or if it looks, it, or Be- if it's... Because early on, they set the premise that if you want to... Yeah. Like, you can choose to leave. Yeah, if you break the rules, like if you, you break, break the, rules, the laws, you get exiled. Yeah. yeah. And then they tend to go out there and die horrible deaths. But yeah. it's this mystery of, yeah. What's happening out yeah. there? Yeah, I need yeah. to continue that. That was good shit. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love Silo. And it's based on a series of books, so the the cliffhanger is not going to be like sort of unsatisfyingly sort of solved. It, they they yeah. know where they're going with this. There'll be loads yeah. more to come, hopefully. John, what would you like to bring up next? So towards the end of the year, this this brought me the most joy. I'm not sure if it's technically if it's sort of the most acclaimed thing, but Scott Pilgrim takes off on Netflix, which was right. the animated series that is sort of it's 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 in an anime style. It's based on Scott Pilgrim, but it's also not. It's got the entire cast. Every single person who was in the Scott Pilgrim film directed by Edgar Wright reprises their character role. Amazing. But by the end of the first episode, it's clear that it's it's very different from the film. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not like a sequel. It's it's not like a prequel. It is a different thing with the same cast. So you could watch it without having seen the film. But if you've seen the film, it sort of adds something to it. It's really funny. It's really inventive. I was just really surprised by it. Um, I think there's a, even though God knows how old um, Scott Pilgrim actually is, it, that I, I felt quite a weird sense of nostalgia watching it, sort of revisiting yeah. however 10 years ago now, whenever that film would have come out. Yeah, it's brilliant. I've not watched it and I don't know why because I love Scott Pilgrim. I'm in exactly the same boat. I yeah. remember it coming out and thinking, I definitely need to watch that. I love Scott Pilgrim. They've got the cast together. It sounds amazing. I need That is now number one on my... After 100 Foot Wave, yeah. that is number yeah. one on my list of shows to watch. <laughs> it's... It's one of those. Um, I I see lots of like sort of behind the scenes stuff, and I hear in interviews with the cast 
that the Scott Pilgrim guys just really, everyone in that cast really got on. It felt like college for them all. And you see, like, see interviews with Chris Evans where he'd be jealous anytime he sort of heard that other people were on set doing scenes and he wasn't there because he just sort of missed them all. And they apparently famously have a, an email thread which shows how long ago this was filmed, but they've still got an email thread that they regularly will email each other on all of the cast of this, the, the, the film. I love um, it. Yeah, it's just a, just a great recommendation. Um, is it a, is it like a one and done series or will yeah it be I don't more? it definitely doesn't like end on a cliffhanger or anything because like they're that. from a series of comic books as well yeah, though, yeah, aren't yeah. they so there's probably the the material there if they if they chose to but what's what's interesting is that it's 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 this weird thing where there's three different Scott Pilgrims there's the comics there's the film and there's now this TV show which are all the same thing but also simultaneously of like incredibly independent of one another and that's mm. it's sort of unique in in media as far as i can sort of think where something is like that where it is the same creative people in the in the case of the film and the tv show the same cast but it's not the same thing which i, I think is really interesting i love it i need to get it watched i've got two anime shows i want to recommend so i may as well we'll put them together right as we're as we're in a little animated section but one of them, the first one, is on Netflix, and it's a show called Vinland Saga, which, again, seems to have been overlooked a lot. It's won loads of awards in Japan, and, and it's it's a Viking anime sh- sh- show, and it's just absolutely astounding. It's all based on a lot of true history of when the Vikings came to the UK. But Series 2, I watched both series this year, but Series 2 came out this year, and... It absolutely astounded me because it did something I've never seen a TV show do or want to do. So the first season, it's Vikings invading England, essentially. And it's got all these amazing characters, all these amazing fight sequences, these really unique, different Vikings and warriors, these amazing scenes, these amazing character arcs of early on, there's a young kid whose dad gets killed. And it's basically, it's following his story is is the full first series. And you go through years and years of him having revenge in his mind. But yeah, it's all about war and pillaging and conquering. And series two is essentially about PTSD from war and pillaging and foraging. PTSD and farming, essentially. (laughs) The bulk of series two. Obviously, things pick up at points, but the bulk of series two is one of the characters having to deal with the fact that he spent so much of his life in a war zone and having to deal with trying to farm in the medieval times <laughs> and how hard it is to 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 prepare land to to strip land to clear land and then to yeah seasons and all these other things and it blew my mind i'd heard that series 2 was very different and it's mm. so the reason i didn't watch it for a long time because i thought no i love series 1 i don't want it to be different but no one had said how it was different and Again, you still get a lot of good characters in there and violence appears, but just as a choice, it blew my mind that you'd have this show that was a huge hit mm. because it's an action show and the next series would be, you know, all the action that has consequences, it has effects. Yeah, wow. And yeah, blew my mind. And it's on Netflix. It's a, a big, big recommend. Easy to be put off because I think it's 22 episodes each series, but they're 20-minute episodes. Okay. So again, it is actually a shorter series if you're looking at hour-long kind of things. Yeah. Um, the other one I want to mention is hard to find in the UK, 
And it's a show called Scavenger's Reign. And it was on HBO Max in America. And it's another one. I've never seen anything like it. It's about a spaceship basically crashes on an alien planet. But just the way they approach alien life forms, alien organisms, I've never seen anything like it. I think when Alien happened, that was how we informed most future TV and film on what aliens are. Whereas this really goes off how how flowers work, how nature works, and then making these small tweaks and changes. So there's so much in it that just for the biology that they come up with, it's it's so amazingly watchable. But you do have questions of the validity of AI and robots, you know, survivors, what is is warranted to do to survive, what the priority should be in surviving on an alien planet because a load of these survivors have landed on different parts of the of the of the planet kind of thing and they're trying to yeah scavenge and get back but um oh nice honestly it's astounding it's yeah it's and it's one that as we were saying i think it's i mean spoiler for the listener we've essentially recorded three podcasts this evening (laughs) and i think there was it was a conversation that me and joel had before john arrived for the first podcast but it's one of those things that seem to be huge in america and gets so much praise and love, yet Mm-mm. hasn't found a platform over here yet at all. Even though loads of HBO stuff comes on Sky Atlantic or Now TV or, or whatever else. So I really hope it comes over here and I really yeah, hope definitely. we get more of it because it was, yeah, just truly mind-boggling. Everyone that I've recommended to who's got round to watching it has not known what to say afterwards because <laughs> it's not like anything... I've never seen a representation of alien life form in, in this way. It's so... Or one of the reviews, I think it was in The Guardian, s- said it was like David Attenborough has made a sci-fi anime. And it's yeah. it's it's like you're watching one of his Earth Earth films, but it happens to be an alien planet. It's mad. Well, I, I think we... And I'm sure, look, there are loads of like anime fans and stuff who will be like, you know, welcome you know, to the club. You're like 20 years late or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but it yeah, does yeah. feel like we are a really good point in animation where big companies are investing in sort of animated stuff for adults. So you've got like the ones we just described. Netflix has also got Blue Eye Samurai that's had yeah. rave reviews. And Amazon with Invincible was, is on my long yeah. list. I think uh, Invincible's brilliant. And yeah, it seems like a good time. And the casts it's attracting, like yeah. the voice cast, the US voice cast of The Boy and the Heron, where it's yes. like Florence Pugh, Christian Bale, Willem Dafoe, all these amazing people. And this show, Scavenger's Reign, has got um, uh, Wunmi Masaku, who I think is a really great actor. He's in Loki, really good in 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 Loki as one of the, the time kind of wardens as such. Yeah, it's cool that they're getting... Uh, so yeah, Scavenger's Reign is an American uh, production, so the original voice cast is American, uh, similar to, to, to Blue-Eyed Samurai, where it's an anime style, but it's an American production with, yeah, great voice acting and that. So yeah, some good stuff, man. Nice. I would do a quick, while we're in Anime Alley, yep. I would do a very <laughs> quick shout-out for uh, an animated series that I haven't finished yet, but I'm really, really enjoying. Um, and it's filling sort of the Bojack Horseman void. There's a show on Netflix called Carol and the End of the World. And Mm. the concept is there is a giant thing in space heading for planet Earth and it's going to wipe out planet Earth and we're all going to cease to exist. 
but it's taking a very long time. It's going to be it's going to be here in like eighteen months, two years, and so people on Earth have embraced quite you know hedonism, and um, they are seeking their passions in life and fulfilling desires and dreams and things they'd always wanted to. And it's about this woman Carol who is just completely stuck with this like sense of ennui and a feeling that she doesn't really want to do any of these things. Like she, like her parents have got into just like being nature, like they're naked all the time. Her parents are constantly naked. Her sister's off like paragliding and learning a language and all over the world. And she's stuck, like I think stuck without any sense of routine or any semblance of um, what to do, just completely paralyzed by the idea that you can do anything, right? It's like the yeah. paralysis of choice. Yeah. And one day she's, uh, she sees a woman in like office attire, just in like a business suit. And she follows her. And this woman goes to this uh, abandoned building, gets in a lift and then emerges at an office. And there's essentially like 100, 200 people almost cosplaying the existence of a, <laughs> an, an accountancy firm. And she goes in and she joins and starts working at this maybe non-existent business that you can't really work out the, what's going on there. Oh, it's such a brilliant idea. And it's such a, it's so true. Like if you had all sense of routine removed from you, how would you know how to spend your time? And it has yeah. that, 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 it has that kind of that Bojack, what, what, we, what am I doing existential kind of feel to it. I, I'm really enjoying it. So that'd be that a recommendation from me. Yeah. Oh, what a great time spent in Anime Alley. <laughs> I had a good time. Oh, a lovely time. Joel, do you want to throw another one in? I guess we've probably got one more each, have we, as time is going on? One more, two more? I okay, know. one more. Yeah, I can, if, it, uh, if it's one more, I will probably go with Dave. Series three came out in 2023. It is the show about the rapper Lil Dicky's um, trials and tribulations as he tries to become a successful rapper. And it is absolutely brilliant. The level of cameos that he's reached in yeah, Series 3. Yeah, it's got ridiculous, right? I've not watched abs- it. I, I watched the first series and loved it. And for some reason, haven't continued. But yeah, it's, loads of people have been raving about it. It's phenomenal. That. I think it's FX's most successful ever show, like most watched ever show. Series 3, he is now famous. And it means that he there are episodes where he goes to uh, the Met Gala. And they, they have managed to recreate the feeling of being at the Met Gala and the Amazing. and the people that would be there. The final episode is essentially a, a hostage film <laughs> where him and Brad Pitt are taken hostage in his house for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. It's absolutely remarkable. And my favorite episodes are probably, there's one where he's making a music video about him himself and it's, he's trying to, it's like three or four generations of his life. So younger versions of him and he's filming a music video about them. And there's another one where they're on tour and they get stuck in this house in the middle of nowhere and there's a tornado and they're stuck with a very, very, sort of conservative Christian family. And it's all the goings and trappings of like, you know, as a, a rap tour bus with its entourage and they're all stuck in this house. I think it's so brilliant. I think they do really ambitious things with each episode. I absolutely love it. I think he's just an unbelievable performer. This is this is the first writing and acting he's done for TV. Yeah. And he's so excellent. I love it. I love it. I think it's such a great show. I need to get on this. That and, and Reservation Dogs are two that I've, mm. I've, I've watched one series of mm. Thought they were amazing. Stopped watching, despite the fact everyone says it gets better and better every yeah, series. Yeah. It's absolutely astounding. I'm like, oh, I haven't I haven't gone back to it for some unknown reason. So yeah, uh, Dave would be my my other pick. I love Such it. a brilliant show. Have you watched it, John? Uh, no, I like Pip. I've started it, but I haven't continued. It's on iPlayer, right? In the UK. No, weirdly, I mean, I don't know. How, uh, well, if you want to get into the weeds of of where to watch Dave, it was on iPlayer, oh, yeah. but now it's... <laughs> let's get into it. Let's, let's talk distribution. <laughs> it was it was on iPlayer for series one, and now I think it's all on Disney. I think maybe... Oh, okay. Did Disney buy Hulu? I don't know. But I think Hulu stuff's on Disney now, maybe. 
Well, what's that series? There. Like, the, there's a series on Netflix that my mum had a nightmare with because it was a show that was cancelled in America and Netflix s- saved it. But Netflix over here only have it from where they've saved it. So series <laughs> one to four, what's it called? It's like it's a plane crash. Um, is it some, yeah. I'm sure it's something about a plane crash or, okay. I mean, the listeners will be screaming. Yeah, now. they will. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry, listener. But yeah, it was b- bizarre that my mum was like, give this a look. And then she was like, hang on, I can't, Yeah, I can't keep watching it. <laughs> so I had to go, go, go back and forth all over the place. I'm going to j- jump in and throw an honourable mention here because it's got a similar situation. W- one of my shows of the year also had arguably the worst n- name in recent TV history. So one of my favourite shows of all time is Justified. A, t- a Timothy Oliphant is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That was another one that years on, it finished about 10 years ago, and they've just decided, I was thinking of it when John was, was saying about Scott Pilgrim. Years l- l- later, they've gone, let's get everyone back together and, d- and do another series. But instead of calling it Justified Series 8 or whatever it is, they called it Justified S- City Prime Evil. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For no reason whatsoever. It's fucking <laughs> awful. So I was, because me and my brother were big Justified fans, so we were really sceptical. But then we watched it and it was amazing. All the characters just felt so good. The new characters fitted perfectly. And it's one of them, It, it because it was on coming on to Disney, Disney also bought the entire back catalogue of it. Nice. So it's one of them. It's a tough re- recommendation because it's like, yeah, it's really good. There's nine series to get through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like it's a long one to catch up on, but it was really good and really fun. But still, Justified City <laughs> Primeval. Prime. It sounds like a, a knockoff name. PlayStation One game. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> it really does. But John, it's 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 your turn next. I've I've uh, stolen a spot. Uh, one that like surprised me, surprised me because it was brilliant, and I was slightly apprehensive. Was on last year's one of these we talked about the boys series Mm -hmm. two or three whatever it was and this year was gen v came out i'm so glad i haven't got this on my list and it so should be it's it was absolutely brilliant it was yeah the extending of a universe in which the original premise is sort of taking the mick out of comic books made me anxious because i thought well there's a lack of self-awareness to sort of expand the universe in Mm. in a show that is sort of taking the mick out of how all comics expand their universes and stuff but i thought they did it absolutely brilliantly eric kripke who's like the showrunner for both of the shows did an amazing job It, it feels it feels completely like its own thing by the end of the first episode you're in love with all the characters you you you're 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 on board but civil but at the same time it's so within that universe like in really fun and sort of not necessarily in intrusive ways, like characters will come in or yeah. you'll see them on the telly or like, you know, they'll literally, there'll be st- literal statues of characters from the boys. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think it's done, it's done, it's done so well. And it's made me very excited for the next series of the boys. And they are, they've announced the boys Mexico as well, I believe. So, Amazing. you know, bring them on. I, I completely agree. I tuned into it because I hadn't heard particularly any hype. And I was like, but, it's the boys, and yeah. everyone loves the boys. So I thought it must be rubbish. And I watched the first episode. Was like, this is absolutely astounding. Like the superpowers that they come up with are ridiculous, mm. and the problems that they bring psychologically and just socially and everything is amazing. It's so essentially it's the boys, but at, at college. Yes, yeah. it's the teen version of the boys. It's just it's in the boys universe, but they're all at at college. And yeah, completely agree. Absolutely fantastic show. And it got me yeah. really hyped f- f- 
further. Like it leads into the next series of the boys really well. And then yeah, again, it's if it keeps just going going back and forth, I think we've got a hell of a a bit of world building going on there. Yeah, yeah. If we get to have this between the series of the boys, that's that's great. I look, I don't know. I don't want to sort of commit to saying it's the best one ever, but it's probably in the top three puppet massacres I've ever seen on telly. (laughs) Oh man. The, a hell of a puppet massacre. Yeah, great show. I don't know why it's not on my list. Even though this list has no other form or function, I'm writing it on there because I want it on the record. <laughs> I don't need this list anymore, but no, that, sh- that should be on there. Well, I want to kind of r- round things up then. And again, you, I mean, we've not mentioned tra- 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 traitors. Are you guys traitors fans? Because at the moment... Where we are now, Traitors is blowing up. But just after we recorded last year, Traitors came out beginning of of twenty twenty three. Are you Traitors? Watchers? I'm not. Are you you're going to be the, fans in general. You're about to be the two thousandth person to tell me to watch the Traitors. I know. I need <laughs> it's to really watch the fucking traitors. good. Yeah. <laughs> really fucking good. Just, just as reality, it's got that vibe of those early seasons of Big Brother when you're like, this is good TV, but it's also genuinely a good socially, like a fascinating yeah, yeah. social experiment. It's not just exploitative. It's like, this is really interesting. But yeah, that was one that I was like, how can we not talk about that when that's all anyone seems to be talking mm-hmm. about at the moment? Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about the cooking dramas. So Boiling <gasps> Point and The Bear, because I think of both of them are absolutely astounding. The Bear, I loved series one. We talked about it on the last last time we did this, I believe. I think Series 2 knocked it out the park. I didn't know if it could, but I think arguably better than the first series. Every cameo or every, you know, new character that pops in is is amazing. Yeah, have either of you watched it? Have both of you watched it? I've watched the, yeah, the second series. Yeah. It's one of those ones where, because the first series, I don't think there's anyone of... I was going to say anyone of note. That's incredibly mean. They, they, they it was star making turns. They to weren't us, famous. Like yet. Jeremy was was big in Shameless in America, but we didn't really get that over here because we had our own Shameless. And yeah, and so when you sort of see that it's got like Will Poulter and Olivia Coleman and stuff in the second series, yeah. I was worried. Oh, that these people are going to stick out like sore thumbs in this this show yeah. with these like this bunch of characters that you've sort of grown to love. But they're all brilliant. It's all so well done. And so the first series is much more sort of traditionally linear in its in its storytelling. This one, they give some real sort of diversion. So you've got entire episodes based on what I would say is like a side character in the in the main show where he yeah. goes um, to Amsterdam to learn to bake yeah. with Will Poulter, so which is an incredible episode. And people talk about the sort of the Thanksgiving flashback episode, which uh, is it Christmas? I think it's Christmas. It's Thanksgiving, flashback. I think. No, oh, I think Thanksgiving. it's Thanksgiving. I think you're right. Which is amazing, but I really love that so Amsterdam good. episode as well. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's 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 one of those shows where you just it's it's one show writer and runner. It's it's all from one perspective, and the, the like the confidence that they have in the show is it's so yeah. clear and it's so well made. If that was the third one. You had that Last of Us episode that everyone was like, "This is going to be the best episode of TV of the year," and then you had Connor's wedding. I was like, "Nope." This is the best episode of TV. And then you had the Thanksgiving. Like, no, this is... So what a year, right? To have so many things that people are like, this is arguably the best of the year. That's that's fucking great. And then did either of you watch the Boiling Point series? I haven't watched it, no. I started it. I need to to finish it. It's really good. I really enjoyed that straight off the bat, they they lose the one-shot thing that, that the film was so known for. And yeah, I just think all the characters, the way it's shot, it's similar and completely different t- 
watched Herder Bear in that it's got that tension, but in a completely different way. Yeah, I think it's it's worth a watch. And again, it's quite a it's another one that's quite a short series, isn't it? I think it's only four or five episodes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah mm. Really good stuff. When did cooking become such a hotspot for drama in yeah. in TV? It's mad. The 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 cast in Boiling Point is just absolutely stacked, and it's, yeah, you know, it's it's one of those shows again where you just someone who's not on the screen that that much is sort of giving it just an incredible performance. It's it's yeah. really, and I know that that was part of the in inverted commas trick of Boiling Point. The film is the one take makes it feel very fly on the wall. It almost sort of feels sort of documentary esque in the fact mm. that it's in one take. But it, but partly that is just because the performances from the mm-hmm. from the actors are just so. Real. And I think I think there's some stars coming out of it. Azuka Hoyle, who's also in Big Boys, which I think Big Boys I talked about last year's yeah, episode, yeah. but the new series only came out this in 2024. She's going to be an absolute superstar. I think Sean Fagan, I think it is, who's in the kitchen, is amazing. Stephen Ogg in the kitchen is amazing. Vinette, obviously Stephen Graham and Hannah Graham. Mm. Hannah Waters Graham's Stephen's wife has one of the most amazing episodes she's got one of those episodes that you're like this is her moment kind of thing and it's just yeah it's beautiful to see Anya yeah I just think there's it's such a great ensemble that you're going to get so many people coming out of that that have big old careers and that's always be one of those yeah when you watch it if you like look at the cast in five years time you're like bloody hell how were they all together in that? Yeah, it's going to be the band of brothers. of, uh, <laughs> And then in 10 years, we'll get them back for an anime series. <laughs> yes. That's point. Well, I guess we should wrap things up there. Unless there's any particular honourable mentions you, 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 you want to just throw in, we don't have to go into great detail on. A couple of really quick ones, maybe. It's mad that... Uh, it's just a testament to how good telly's been in 2023 that there was a, I, I thought, a really good series of Black Mirror that we haven't mentioned. Yeah, mm. haven't mentioned um, at all. I thought there were some, like, classic Black Mirror episodes in there. I, it was I great. I brought up, up Papa S.A. do earlier, who's amazing. He's one so of the best good. episodes of He's those. so yeah. good. So as, great. As, as the demon, he's yeah. amazing. Um, I also really, really love Boat Story. Which Didn't catch it. Heard really Daisy good things Haggard about it. And, it's on uh, iPlayer, Paris isn't it? Joseph show. It's on iPlayer. It's, I think it's six episodes in and out, you know, one and done. The whole story is told in that time um, about two people that find a boat full of cocaine on a, mm-hmm. a small sort of sleepy seaside town in the UK. Loved that. And Jury Duty as well, which I think was last mm. year. Yeah, catch that. Really brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, semi reality show about a guy who goes to serve jury duty, but everyone else is an actor. Right, yes, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really brilliant, really brilliant. But you can't talk, say too much about that without spoiling the show, I don't yeah. think. But the, yeah, that's really phenomenal. So they would be my, I guess, my honourable mentions. John, have you got any honourable mentions? Uh, the only the only sort of telly thing that I uh, would also like to shout, I didn't, there wasn't so much of a nerdy corner. Well, there was a nerdy corner, but it wasn't like uh, a traditional, you know, Marvel, um, Star Wars stuff. So the, but the real standout from that was, I think Loki really stuck the landing if you managed to get to the end of that. Um, yeah, I completely really, agree. Really amazing sort of send off or is it, uh, to yeah. that character? Yeah, I completely agree. I had Loki on my list. I had Welcome to Wrexham on my list because yeah. I just think it just gets better every season. Slow Horses, everyone raves <gasps> about it for very good reason. So good. It's just great, isn't it? Every character is just so engaging. And a little curveball one here, but over Christmas, again, like my brother recommends all this really, some really highbrow stuff, some stuff you've not heard of. Over Christmas, he said, if you're in a food coma, he said, sling on Prime, 
pop Reacher on. And I binged. (laughs) I binged both seasons of Reacher and thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not sure how much I can morally recommend it because I think there's some really (laughs) questionable stuff. Even though it is a big, a silly world, I think we're celebrating some really bad things being done. (laughs) Um, But it's thoroughly enjoyable. And that main lad playing him is just... Huge. A joy. He's He's a big Massive. He's a big old lad. (laughs) Surely... John, you must have seen him and been thinking Marvel. I saw him and I was like, who is he going to be in the Marvel universe? Because he's fucking huge and he's so good to watch. <laughs> Big time. Yeah, he's he's one of the biggest men I've ever seen. <laughs> Massive lad. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Th- th- throw away TV, but thoroughly enjoyable. Is there anything you didn't like this year that people were raving about? I only say this because I've got one. <laughs> wow. I can't I can't think of anything off the top of my head. What's, what's yours? It's not that I hated it, but I didn't really rate beef that much. <gasps> oh, interesting. I was really excited about it because everyone was saying, like it, like, it seemed to be one of the first ones in Asia that the day it came out, everyone was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And weirdly, I, I knew I was cat sitting that weekend. So I'd planned, I'd planned my takeaway and I was like, I'm going to binge beef. And maybe the situation outdid it. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'd built it up so big that I was like, I can't. I can't enjoy, enjoy this. But yeah, it just didn't... Yeah, do you know what? It didn't, didn't work for me. I only watched a couple of episodes of Beef and fell away from it, so maybe I feel yeah. subconsciously... It's like I didn't same. hate it. I didn't hate it, yeah, but I, was, no, I, no, no. I persisted because everyone was talking about it, and even by the end, I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Good yeah. work, lads. There was a show that I, again, fell off that I've seen really high up a lot of lists, mm-hmm. um, and that's Poker Face. Right. I enjoyed I it, but I, I can see why. I can see. It I've had seen that it in feel top can... fives of yeah. the year, you know, and I really wanted to, really wanted to love it. I think Natasha Leone's amazing. Yeah. I, the, the concept's great, but I found a little bit by the end that the conceit was the same in each episode almost. Like it was, because it sort of had to be. And yeah. I found it a little bit wearing. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't make it to the end. The whole th- thing of it's like a modern Columbo is exciting until you realise, I can't remember the last time I watched an episode of <laughs> Columbo. <laughs> yeah. So this is a really yeah. exciting idea. Oh, actually, I don't really like watching Columbo. Yeah. So yeah, 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 I get yeah, on, yeah. I did finish it and I did enjoy it. But as I said, it's, it wasn't on my list here. So it's a, yeah, it's clearly one that didn't yeah, blow me away. John, have you got anything? I mean, nothing that like was rave reviews that I then proceeded to dislike, but I think it's worth me mentioning as as a sort of dyed in the wool Marvel boy with the, the you know, the tattoo fully bought in, uh, that Secret of a- Invasion oh, messed yeah, up the landing completely. so bad. Like we're talking about yeah. Loki land, sticking the landing. Secret Invasion really messed up that landing and yeah. it had so much promise. It's got like I was Olivia say, I enjoyed a lot of it. Li- Samuel yeah. L. Jackson, Ben... Mendelssohn, like amazing people. Amelia Clark, yeah, just yeah, loads of really good people in it. And again, there were points of it I was really enjoying it, but I think you're right; it kind of didn't it didn't stick the landing at all, which is yeah, a shame for sure. It's good, oh, what, good, a, good, what a, so, what a somber note to end on. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> Dream Factory. Where can people listen? Like, what's the plans? Have you got any 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 plans? You, you, what's the future hold? Just more wow. episodes, more stupidity. Yeah. It's a very silly podcast. If if you thought, you know, this was this is me and Joel in serious mode. If you want to if you fancy hearing us in silly mode, uh, Dream Factory, it's a weekly podcast where people send in uh, movie ideas, mostly pun-based, and then Joel and I riff off those for a while and then get distracted by like a shiny penny or something in the corner of the room. And as I've said time and time again, I'm just a huge fan. I'm so glad it came back and it's so 
entertaining. Again, partly you guys, partly because you're wonderful listeners just consistently supplying these fucking ridiculous ideas <laughs> week in, week out. And yeah, thoroughly entertaining. There's lots of people who send us, there's like Twitter accounts that are just people making puns based on movies and stuff. Or mm. uh, there'll be TikTok videos where it's just people reading out a pun and then laughing and I just think those guys aren't dedicated to this enough they need to eke out 25 minutes of content from one bad pun idea then they can come back to they need to get into their seventh year of this (laughs) I need to really get into it well I'm glad we've got into our second year of going over the Mm. uh, the TV shows and again it was a bit of a challenge because we've not done it right at the end of the year as soon as I was I was was trying to put things together I was like what did I watch this shit? <laughs> that typical thing, because of the binge culture we live in now, that yeah, yeah. you're really excited for one weekend and then you forget it. I was sitting there for ages thinking, I don't know if there's any... All I'm watching is The Traitors and Big Bo- They all came yeah. out this year. There's nothing. <laughs> there was nothing before that. Um, it's exciting, Pip, because so we recorded much. last year's in November. Of, we did 2022's TV in November of 2022. We're doing yeah. 2023's TV in almost February of 2024. Yeah. Who knows? When, when the fuck are we, we going to do? We, we might record it in April or we might record it in 2026. Is it, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for that WhatsApp message. So yeah, It's going to be beautiful. Well, thank you guys. It's been a pleasure as ever. Oh, no, thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you for having us. Cheers. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was John and Joel. I love doing a little bonus episode every now and then. You know it's a lovely little treat. hope you all enjoyed that. And I hope you agreed with some or all of the shows. And I hope you found out some new shows in there as well. So, um, yeah. I'll be back next week on the Wednesday. Back to our regular scheduling with one of the stars of one of the TV shows I mentioned today. In fact, I've got two of the stars of TV shows mentioned in this episode coming up in the next month. So March contains two stars. One of the people is in two of the shows I mentioned. I'm just realising all of this. You're you're hearing these realisations live. Yeah. So one of my guests coming up is in two shows that I recommended and another one's in another show. So there's a lot of excitement to come. And I've got two music-based guests coming up, which I know people get excited about. So March is going to be a hell of a month, I'm telling you. So I guess let's get on with it. We've started it. Let's continue it as we mean to go on. So I will see you next week. Until then, stay safe and stay sane. Ta-ta.